This one I did think about. I'm saying Flyers win 23 to 21. Okay. And that's in regulation or overtime? One OT. Oh my gosh. Not another overtime. Don't do this to me. I mean, I have to. Just statistically speaking, it's going to go to overtime. (laughs) No, I'll try my best though to to prevent (laughs) it from being overtime. Hello and welcome to the Raleigh Pro-Ultimate Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mead. We're here to connect you with the players and personalities of North Carolina semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee. Today in a special hype pod for the AUDL Atlantic Division playoffs, we're excited to have rookie flyer Anders Jungst on for the pod. Anders, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? Living the dream, man. Excited for this weekend. It's going to be some fireworks, I think. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. So before we dive into specifics, though, and talk about this weekend, first, we should have you introduce yourself. So um, can you talk a little bit, not obviously your pro career is only this year, so not much to talk about there, but also kind of your club career and your college career, how you got into Frisbee, and also just generally about who you are as a person. Yeah. Um, So I started playing Ultimate in eighth grade in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I played at Capital Ultimate Camp run by Dave Souls and Will Smolinski. So shout out to them. Um, and I, my dad had played a little bit of ultimate, um, and my uncle as well. And so they got me into it along with some friends I had It's elementary school who played. And then from there played high school at Yorktown high school, played with Johnny Malks and Joe Freund, obviously current and former breeze players. And then went to UNC, played college ultimate for dark side, um, won a national championship in 2018 and was a finalist in 2019 and then finished top of the power rankings in 2020 in the abbreviated season. And yeah, this is my rookie year on the Flyers. I and mean, I'll be returning with Ring of Fire for club this fall. So when did you start at UNC? I started at UNC uh, fall of 2016. So does that make you, are you going to be eligible for the fall and the spring postseason or just one of them? What is that going to look like for you? I'll be playing in the fall, returning with all of the other six and seventh years so that's elijah and alex davis and i'm sure I'm, there's more i'm blanking on right now but um siraj madaraju all current flyers as well so we'll, we'll be playing in the fall and then i'll be probably moving into a either sideline or coaching role in the spring fantastic man that's i'm terrified for the rest of the teams that's gonna be that's gonna be super fun yeah i'm excited so before we talk about this weekend as well, outside of Frisbee, what else do you do? What else does Anders do in his spare time? I'm a software engineer by day. So that's my day job. And besides that, hanging out with my friends and my cat, Peanut. If you follow my girlfriend, Grace, on Twitter, I'm sure you might have seen many pictures of Peanut recently. So yeah, that's, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do outside of Frisbee. Does Grace play any Frisbee? Yeah, Grace is on the Raleigh Radiance. Another pro player as well. Shout out to her. Yeah, that works out. It makes dinner talk a lot easier. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so going into this weekend, we end the season as a team eight and four, which puts us as the fourth seed in the Atlantic division. Uh, this year, the Atlantic division was expanded to eight teams just for this year, since the New York empire and the Boston glory were not part of the East division since the Canadian teams couldn't participate. So We have the super Atlantic division. And so we end up fourth seed, but the good news is that the top four seeds all get to compete in the playoffs. And so by submitting to the fourth seed, we end up playing the number one seed DC in DC for a chance at championship weekend. Also in DC, a little bit of history. Obviously we went 0 and two against the DC breeze this season. Although the first game was the second game of the season. First home, kind of our home opener. We ended up losing by one in regulation. And then of course we just played them in the final game of the season, two weekends ago and uh, played <laughs> into a brilliant double time, double overtime match, which obviously we lost by one. So On the other side of the bracket, New York and Atlanta will be playing for the other spot 
as the other Atlantic representative. And past weekend, the San Diego Growlers and the Chicago Union have already punched their ticket in to Audi Stadium. So half the table set for championship weekend. Of course, we have a really good shot to make it ourselves. Just with the last kind of week or two, what has been the mood at practices? What has been kind of the focuses? I don't know if Mike D is going to let you talk a lot about kind of what our focuses are, but what you can tell us, what what's it been like? Yeah, I think I can give some insight into you know how the mood's been probably won't divulge that much strategy but i think uh everyone's feeling focused and maybe slightly anxious but definitely confident um i think the general message and and vibe has been that you know like the best part about losing all your games by one is that we know we're in every single one um and you know the likelihood that we'll be in this game down the stretch is pretty high i think so fine-tuning and trying to get ourselves ready for another rematch against this DC team, which I know everyone's really hungry for. Yeah, tough to beat Tough to beat a team three times. We'll find out if they can do it. So are there any specific matchups fans you think should be watching for in Flyers Breeze round, I guess, three in this case? Any major adjustments that you are allowed to talk about ahead of the game? Yeah, I think, as always, everyone should be watching Jacob Fairfax and Henry Fisher, the highlight makers of the O-line and the two toughest matchups for any team that's playing against us, I think. And every team has to come up with their own unique solution to how they deal with those two um, as a cutting pair, because as much as they are proficient at attacking deep, they're willing to work under and distribute as well. So I think anyone who's watched the Flyers at any point in the last two years knows that those two are the the guys. Uh, As for DC, I think... Johnny put up probably one of his best performances ever in any game of Frisbee against us last week, you know, 52 for 52 and 500 throwing yards is something otherworldly. And while that's cool, he's going to have to do it again if he wants to beat us. So like, I think, you know, there's obviously pressure on him as well as, you know, they'll have Zach Norbaum back, which I think is going to be another good matchup for us. And it's the key to the game for us is going to be limiting the two of them and their ability to like, create big throws and it's going to depend on how well we can contain them in the handler space. Are there any players on our D line that you think are ready to explode this weekend that like fans should really be watching? Yeah, I think we'll be adding back David Richardson and Joey Cretella this week who we missed sorely against DC last week. Dierich will be playing with a broken hand, but I don't think that's going to stop him. And Joey, obviously, too, is probably one of our best matchup defenders. He's only played in a few games for us this season. So it'll be great to have the two of them back and see the pressure that they can put onto the DC cutters and make the windows a little bit smaller for Johnny and Zach to throw into. I mean, Kyle Henke of the Dallas Repnicks has already been doing it all season. So we'll just tell D. Rich to watch his footage and just kind of copy that, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. On a, on a sillier note, I love this question so much. If the 2021 Flyers are an animal... What animal do you think they would be and why? Hmm. Well, I saw this question I thought about what has been the story of our season so far. And I think it's, we're scrappy and, you know, sometimes we're hanging on by a thread, but we're never out of the fight. So maybe a good animal for that would be like a honey badger or, you know, something who just, just fights whatever and wins. There's a Nat Geo videos of honey badgers just fighting anything and just doesn't really care. So maybe that's us. And yeah, I'm excited to see like, if we can turn one of those four losses into a W this week, that will be, that'll be awesome. <laughs> I'll take the Raleigh honey badgers every day of the week. That sounds like yeah. a great team name. <laughs> yeah. All right. On the other side of course, of the Atlantic bracket, 
we've got Atlanta and New York. Obviously, we've had close matchups with both of those teams, losing to New York in double overtime and then losing to Atlanta in the season opener by one in overtime and then beating them by two in a very tight game, which, of course, we rallied in our, our home closer. So let's get away from our game for a second. Who are you taking? Atlanta, New York, and what would you take as your final score? Um, Man, I think it's a really intriguing matchup, you know, because I think... New York, definitely a cutter dominant team. And it's going to be interesting to see how their handlers can deal with the Atlanta zone. But given that Atlanta has to travel to New York, especially on short notice, it's that's a huge pain. And New York has that playoff pedigree and there's certainly home field advantage there. So I think I'll probably pick New York in that matchup just due to the ex- playoff experience. I think we found a lot of success against Atlanta with a couple throws and then a big one over the top through the zone. And, you know, New York has the big targets to make that work for sure. So I'll take New York uh, 18 to 17. Ooh, a close one though. Yeah. It's fascinating because of course, the only time they played the season, Atlanta won. So it's interesting. I'm sure New York's hungry for it back, but then Atlanta does feel like maybe they have a little bit of an edge there, but the travel is going to be tough. So, cause that yeah. I'm pretty sure that game was in Atlanta. So they have yeah. yet to play in New York, but okay. We'll see how it got one goes. Uh, let's do some, this one's more fun getting also kind of just like going theoreticals. Let's say it's later on, you know, we're 2025 in the, you know, 2035 and the league's a little more legit, kind of more professional mm-hmm. and uh, we can do trades now. Mm -hmm. So I'm not asking you who you'd want to trade away. You know, I Mm -hmm. I get that you're probably a little tired of Saul and you're ready to get rid of him, but (laughs) uh, we're not assuming that my question is, is there any player on another team in the Atlantic division that you would most want to trade for? Hmm. Wow. Um, I think, well, I think that there's plenty of good choices for sure. I'd probably say that in this trade, if I'm thinking strategically, not only do I want to pick a good player, but take away another team's best player or someone who does the most for that team. So in that case, you know, maybe it's taking either Ryan, Oscar, or Jack Williams from New York. But I also think a player like Max Shepard could do really well on our team. He's clearly a really talented and great player and just doesn't quite have the system around him that he would have playing on the top team. So I, yeah, I think I'll, I'll have my final answer. I'll say my final answer is Jack Williams, maybe just because a little personal bias too. Um, and that the club teammates, and I know there's lots of guys on our team who would love to have Jack back. But yeah, final answer. Low hanging fruit, but yeah, but I'm okay. sure I'm sure that's a popular choice. <laughs> that incredibly, I'm pro- I don't think a single person has not said we want Jack back. I've had to be like, like, all yeah. right, we'll pick two people because obviously yeah, we yeah. all want Jack back. But <laughs> okay, that's okay. Uh, also on the flip side of that, so we're drafting now. There's a draft. Anders Jungst is a rookie draft, but he doesn't get drafted by the Flyers. Where does mm-hmm. Anders Jungst want to go? Hmm. Like what team do I want to get selected by? Yeah. And you could pick that by, if you really want to play for a coach or you have these particular yeah. teammates, it also could be just like the location or the branding is cool. So it doesn't yeah. have to be just like, well, I want to play for New York because they have a really yeah. good team. Although you get to that. Yeah. That's fair. Um, man, I think maybe, maybe Boston, honestly, I think they have a good, a good mix of lots of talent good development but also enough of a role where i could still be really really involved um and i think playing around ben sadok would also be fun and that our play styles are somewhat similar obviously he's got bigger throws but uh, just like kind of two squirrels going at it uh, could be a good time squirrel squad for life baby yep on a when we could have talked about this earlier while we have some time i just Mm -hmm. so obviously this is your first year on the flyers first off with that what has been the biggest surprise 
on flyers compared to dark side or ring fire or you know mm-hmm. just kind of your general experience how has flyers been different um, I think definitely the most tangible difference has been the different rule set. I've enjoyed the shorter stall count and the aspect of double teaming. Uh, and even the timing, I think, is just makes another level of maybe not the end of quarter situations, but the time between points is obviously much shorter. So it makes it more fun to watch. And when you're playing, you know, you need to have much more of a defined game plan because making adjustments on the fly is pretty hard. So I think that those are definitely the most noticeable differences. Obviously, there are a few people on the team that I haven't played with before who haven't come up through the North Carolina system or are kind of older guys who are no longer playing ring. Like D. Rich is a good example of someone who it's been awesome to play with and get to know because I haven't really ever been on a team with him before. Um, Because he's part of that kind of cohort who moved on from ring uh, the year that I made it. So, Right. Yeah, there's definitely been, I feel like in ring specifically, like a kind of youth movement the last couple of years that's now like kind of maturing and is makes obviously we'll probably talk about ring a little bit more at some point later down the line once the the pro season's done but it, it's going to be uh, just i don't know the team's exploding it's really it's exciting honestly. yeah it's going to be a spicy roster for sure i'm excited for it to get fully announced well we'll talk about that off air uh- <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any hot or spicy takes for the rest of the season? Obviously, there's not a lot of weeks left. We only got two weeks left, but anything that, you know, there's definitely some room for some spice down the stretch. What's your hottest take? Hottest take. Hmm. Okay. I think that, so we know the two non-Atlantic teams left. That's San Diego and Chicago. I'll say, all right, my spicy take is that the lower seed teams will make it out of the Atlantic. Uh, that's so that's flyers in atlanta and i know earlier i predicted new york by one but here's a this is a alternative spicy take angle you know that if flyers in atlanta go and wait on the road because i think that the amount of parity between these top four teams like any anyone could take it and it's really unclear to me who is the clear front runner you know obviously we have all notch wins against each other or the, the flyers have lost by one against all of them <laughs> so uh I think there's not really a clear top of the pack and anyone has the ability to make championship weekend and even make finals and win the whole damn thing. So. Nope. I don't, it's, I don't even think that's that spicy. It's spicy, yeah. but I don't yeah. think it's that spicy. I'm totally with you there. Cause it, yeah. yeah. The top of the Atlantic. So good. Are the top four teams in the Atlantic, the top four teams in the league, or would you put someone else in the top four with them? Hmm. Man, I, I think it, I think it depends on the matchups a lot. Um, you know, I could see if Atlanta ends up playing the Growlers that Goose and Nut are able to just shred the zone with hammers uh, and make make quick work of it for sure. But also really dependent on what the wind's like at Audi Stadium. I know it's right on the water and the Navy Yard there, so there might be some breeze coming in off the Potomac, which can make it harder for sure. Nut does change the equation a lot with the Growlers, honestly, I feel like. Yep. Well, especially he fit in so seamlessly with everything that they're, they're doing down there. You never know. I don't, I think most people would argue he did not fit super well with Johnny Bravo, but he definitely has fit in with that Growlers roster really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Certainly helps. I think too, that all the experience he has playing with goose, who's maybe the de facto leader of the O-line for them. So if you could have played, especially as a rookie, obviously you only got to play teams in the Atlantic this year. So if you could play one non-division opponent this year, who would you most have liked to have played? I think Chicago for sure. Um, You know, especially at the start of the season before the addition of Nut to the Growlers. Chicago had probably the deepest roster, most threatening roster, and a ton of talent. And I think it would be interesting or nice to have some experience against them before potentially facing them in the semifinals. 
Yeah, that would be well, and it's, it would be great for Chicago to play anyone who's not in the central division. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's really hard to judge how well they stack up just because I think th- there's only maybe one other high quality opponent in the division who nearly beat them, who nearly beat them this last weekend. Oh yeah. I know we were definitely rooting for Minnesota there. Or at least I was friends with a Roy pl- having played with him in high school, Andrew, Roy, excuse me. And I think the various Carlton alum on our team we're also pulling for some of those alum that are on Minnesota as well. I guess maybe they don't have any. I'm trying to think of who's there. Maybe maybe it's just Andrew Roy. And then Tim Shock is obviously on Union. And then uh and then Brett Matsuka. Oh, Brett as well, yeah. So of course playing on Minnesota and played really great yep. D on the stretch too, but they couldn't quite hold it on the O-line. Sad day. Did the yep. did you guys as a team watch any of the the playoff like championship rounds this weekend or was it just kind of people randomly I think it's just people randomly watching on their own and putting stuff in the group chat. Um, we actually had dark side open tryouts uh, that evening. So I was sneaking glances at my phone in between one V one reps and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Let's zoom out real quick and talk just ultimate in general. So do you have a favorite moment within ultimate as an experience? Hmm. Um, man, I think it's either gotta be the dark side 2018 championship or when I was on swing vote for mixed YCCs and we won back to back that second title in 2016 was awesome. We received on universe and my sister Ella got, got a D and then got the bookends and scored to win it. And it, that was just like really amazing, really, really fun game. So I would say that's probably my, one of those two has been my Frisbee highs so far, I think. Absolutely. I guess on that note, we should talk very briefly. Ella's your younger or older sister. She's younger than me, so younger by two grades, but only about 14 months in age. So she's currently a senior also at UNC. Right. And she, of course, just won a championship with our PUL franchise, the Raleigh Radiance. So that's pretty cool. Did you get to yep. watch any of her play? Yeah, I watched her play. Yeah, that was it was fun. She's awesome. It's the more that we both play, you know, I think I was more of a handler type in high school and she's always been kind of a cutter. And then the more we've progressed, we've each kind of edge closer to being the same exact player on the field, just kind of like small, fast, and just running around our matchup. And so that's been fun to watch her grow. Yeah. And she's a wicked player. Nice. Who's the player or coach you learned the most from in your career? Hmm. Yeah, I think the popular answer might be Mike Denardis or David Allison, two fantastic coaches. But I also like to shout out Kevin Riley, who coached me in high school when I was on DC Foggy Bottom Boys YCC in 2017. He coached Yorktown High School for a year, my senior year, and he was a Wisco player, played at, and then played Pony for a little bit too. He really taught me a lot just about what it means to be an elite athlete, an elite player, and having an elite player mentality. And there's a lot of stuff that he taught me that I still hold very close to my heart today. That's really cool. What is your favorite Frisbee team or favorite Frisbee game that you've ever watched that you were not playing in? Mm, Okay. Um, Oh, this is a good one. College semifinals in 2016, Pitt versus Minnesota. Just a amazing game in the rain, super late at night because of all the weather delays. Um, just a real barn burner as well with two like really talented teams. Just yeah, amazing Frisbee environment. You had, uh, what's his name? Hank Womble there also doing with all of our Auburn doing the trombone in the stands. It was amazing. I think Ulti World has that as a send it back where they brought on two of the players on the game two to talk about it during it. Mm. It's an incredible experience. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get to watch it live. Uh, yeah. So watching it re back with like players talking about it as we're going was awesome. 
yeah, that was definitely one of the moments that I was like, man, I this is the sport for me for sure. This is this, I love this. Because that was your freshman year of college? Nope, just before my freshman year. So I was a senior in high school. I just about to graduate. Um, and like me and a bunch of friends drove down to watch that college nationals because it was in Raleigh. So I was actually there in person. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, oh it was amazing. Wow. Uh, on a slightly similar, but maybe totally different note, what's the worst ultimate game you've ever played in? Oh, man. Um, there's probably a bunch of... Hmm, let me think about it for a sec. All right, the worst game I played in probably was in pool play of college nationals in 2019 it was super windy just unbelievably windy really impossible to throw up wind maybe like 30 mile an hour gusts and we were playing cal who was the bottom seat in our pool and our offensive style that year was certainly just chuck it to ad and hope and that resulted in a lot of turnovers in which me and john mcdonald and tommy williams had to play the front wall in the zone while the other team tried to struggle up wind and thus there were lots of play zone, play the front wall for a long time, get it back and then immediately turn it over again in that game. And we ended up winning, but it was just one of those games. I think anytime you have those like late in the pool play games, especially when you're on a better team against the lower seed team, it's just like a real grind, not super fun, but you know, we got the dub. So I guess that's, that's nice, but yeah, it was brutal. It's the worst one. The deep is the one who shoots it because they've just been standing around. Right. And they're like, oh, sweet, yeah. I'll shoot it. And oh, then yeah. the cup just looks at them like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. dude?" Yep. That's that's that, that goes from league all the way up to club finals for sure. All right. One other quick note before we move to our next section, this is your rookie season with the flyers. Uh, I would say, although you are a relatively known commodity, certainly on the college circuit, I think a lot of people on the pro circuit did not know your name before coming in. I think if you had asked anyone like who was going to be our best rookie of the year candidate, I think most people would have said Matt Gucci-Johannes. But you have absolutely lit the league on fire and are definitely been a talking point and been someone who's come in and just played incredibly well and really been kind of a finisher in a lot of places. So when you came in, were you expecting that as a role? Was that something you wanted as a player or has it just been kind of a product of the system? Just like, how do you feel like your role in game itself has kind of evolved over the season? Yeah, I think the most important factor in me being able to have the impact I've had this year probably is just the amount I was able to play over quarantine and COVID. I lived in like a quote unquote bubble with a couple houses of UNC Frisbee people. And, you know, we were able to play mini, like play really competitive mini three times a week, basically as much as we wanted, as much as our bodies could take. And so, you know, playing with uh, Alex Davis and Siraj Mataraju and, and others, uh, Andrew Lee, and then also some of the best players on the Pleiades as well. So like Don Colton, Ella Youngs, Sydney Raider, Alex Barnett was just like a really narrowly focused way to get a lot better. And I think I invested a, a bunch of time in that why I didn't have anything else going on in my life during COVID and then kind of cashed in those dividends in the league. If you look at film of me playing this year compared to 2019 club or earlier college film, I'm certainly just stronger and faster, more confident with the disc in my hands. And that's a lot of that's just due to playing threes. I, I owe it a lot to that group of people, especially. It was that really close-knit focused mini group that I think helped me improve as much as I did. And then the Flyers put me in a position to succeed, give me a role on the O-line and give me space to work, especially in the short field where I have a really easy time converting red zone chances into goals. So, yeah, no. And well, and it helps having Henry and Jacob downfield with you. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, if I was getting the best cutter matchup on the other team, I would certainly have scored less. So I, I definitely owe it to the leadership and to the other players on the O-line because they do a lot to make it easier for me. You know, I think we're like a pretty solid unit, especially in the short field. Like our red zone efficiency is, is pretty impeccable, I think. Absolutely. Unless unless we're up by two with 40. Never mind, I won't bring that up. Uh, <laughs> I know, we're all so salty. It's, uh, it's okay. We're going to get it all back. And we're, it's yeah. going to be hey, great next two weeks. This weekend. is the one where it counts. Yeah. One more chance. Yes, more, we're, we're going to get more than that. All right. Next section, we're going to do a little bit of give and go. We're going to do it a little bit abbreviated, but just some quick kind of questions, fire answers back and forth. Um, so you ready for some give and go? Yeah. All right. First question. Oh, I'm actually really intrigued what you pick. So would you rather get the bidding under D to get the turn or the huge sky upwind for the score? Hmm. I think I'd rather get the bidding under D, honestly. Just, there's nothing quite like the feeling of getting a layout D. And I would say I haven't really done that this year at all because I played primarily offense, but uh, it, it's it's pretty exhilarating. Um, and, you know, sky people is nice, but that's not really my forte. Uh, as well you know sometimes it happens sometimes but usually i think my defender has to misplay a little bit for me to be able to get it we should have mentioned at the top how tall are you anders oh uh, like five six five seven you know somewhere around there yeah your killer attribute is your speed not necessarily your hops we let henry oh, yeah. and jacob do that unfortunately oh yeah oh yeah definition of a great teammate i mean obviously the person that jumps to mind is Noah assault but i'm sure everyone says that someone who pushes you to get better and work harder and then lifts you up when you need to be lifted up scuba or hammer Hammer. Mm. Flick or backhand? Um, well, we only really get forced flick in the league because, you know, no one can throw flicks 90 yards, but people can throw backhands 90 yards. So I'll probably say flick because that's what I'm feeling most comfortable with right now. Who inspires you? <sighs> hmm. I'm inspired by a lot of my teammates. I can name a few real quick. I'd say Andrew Lee, probably the biggest one. He just always pushed me to work harder and be better in whatever way that presents itself. Most satisfying one you've ever had with an ultimate? Oh, it's got to be the 2017 college quarterfinals when we were down 8-3 and 13-10 to Wisco. Somehow came back and Nathan Kwan got a layout DN universe and we won. Just completely improbable. So fun. What is your favorite movie franchise? Star Wars. Ooh, now we get to go down the rabbit hole. Which is the best Star Wars movie? Well, I don't know if I can pick a best. Personal favorite, though, probably is episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I agree. What is the worst Star Wars movie? Um, I mean, if you even can count the new Disney ones, the Star Wars movies, I think uh, whatever the middle one is, The Last Jedi. But eh, I don't know if you can count that. If, if we're going the original six, then the worst one is Attack of the Clones also agree it's hard because it has a john williams soundtrack so as much as the seven eight yep. nine are definitely so different in in tone yeah the, they have john williams soundtracks i don't know i'm yeah yeah that's fair what is the best post game slash tournament meal just because i know gooch i.e mac Jonas, hates it mexican <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's great uh what's your favorite offense to run uh the, whatever you want to call the triangle area offense, the motion or spread, whatever it is. That's my favorite. Okay. Favorite defense? Flat flick, man. Matchup. Charmander, Bulbasaur, or Squirtle? Hmm. I think Charmander probably 
definitely fits my personality the most. Nice. What is the best pregame tune to get you in the right headspace? Oh, remember the name, Fort Minor. Well, maybe I'll have to add that. I can, I'm allowed to do 15 seconds of anything as long for without infringing copyright. So maybe I'll start oh, with nice. that or something. Nice. All right. Last one. I've always been doing these competitions between Mike D and Evan Lepler on the Raleigh Pro Ultimate podcast for the Flyers portions. So we'll do one more this week. So Mike D and Evan Lepler, Anders, who has a better fashion sense? Ooh, um, I'm definitely biased. I've seen Mike D in a much wider variety of outfits and situations of attire. But Evan definitely rocks the polo, nice pants look that he wears while commentating. But, you know, I, I've seen Mike D with this cut off muscle tee, and I don't think anything can beat it. So I think I'm gonna have to go Mike D. Well done, sir. All right. Well, before we do our shout outs, ultimately, this is a postseason hype pod. So we got to take a score prediction. So Anders, what's your score prediction for our game this weekend against the DC Breeze? This one I did think about. I'm saying Flyers win 23 to 21. Okay. And that's in regulation or overtime? One OT. Oh my gosh. Not another overtime. Don't do this to me. I mean, I have to. Just statistically speaking, it's going to go to overtime. (laughs) No, I'll try my best though to to prevent (laughs) it from being overtime. All right. Last thing. I always want to give you guys a chance to give any shout outs, family, friends in the Frisbee community outside, just whatever you want on the pod. So Anders Yunks, who's your shout out on the Raleigh Pro Ultimate Podcast? Uh, I'll shout out my dad, Dan Yunks at Ultimans on Twitter. Definitely my biggest fan and strongest supporter since day one. Is he going to the game this weekend? I think so. Oh, fantastic. And then obviously, hopefully next weekend after that. All right. Good luck in DC, Anders. For those who are trying to check out the game, if you're in the DC area, you can hit up Carlini Fields at 7.30 p.m. this coming Friday, which is September, September 3rd. 3rd. There we go. For those of us staying at home, you can watch on AUDL.TV. And I believe because we're in the playoffs, the game should be free. So you shouldn't have to pay for a subscription. You can just jump on to AUDL.TV and hit the start watching button and go find our game and click go. So definitely check us out. Anders, good luck this weekend. And hopefully we'll be able to talk again before championship weekend. We'll see. Thanks. Appreciate it. As always, our sound editor is Mr. Jonathan Liu. Music by Kai Moscow. And I'm your host, Luke Mead. We'll see you next time on Raleigh Pultman Podcast.